Hello America. Welcome to The Daily Answer. I want to take a look at an expression that Jesus gave. Book of Matthew chapter 10 verse 18. As he begins to inform his disciples of the future challenges they will face in spreading the gospel, including standing before powerful civic rulers or dignitaries, he said, Behold, I send you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and innocent as doves. Matthew 10, verse 18. Jesus knew the world is a rough place. Didn't have any naive ideas about people or society. He knew that the world will persecute and hound his followers. And that many of these wolves are of a religious nature who will seek to corrupt the church from within. Look at Acts 20, verse 29, and Jude 4. And the picture here is that the church will always be a flock of sheep surrounded by wolves. It does not mean that we are forever vulnerable or powerless. The wolves may have access to worldly, earthly, and political power, but the sheep have a living God behind them, the great shepherd and a weapon from another world, the word of God, sharper than any double-edged sword, Hebrews 4.12. We have weapons that no political power on earth can subdue. We have hope, love, truth, faith. 1 John 5 verse 4 says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is the one who overcomes the world? But he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Well, let's step back for just a moment here. In the midst of a trial, it may seem like the world is far more powerful than the gospel. We might see many people who are on the broad way versus the narrow way, or the number of professed believers that we observe that either fall away or simply never grow, parable of the sower, Matthew 13, 19 and following, or how many young people we are being told in our time are losing their faith in God, or how powerful evil seems to be having entrenched itself in the media, the academic world, and the political world, Hollywood, etc., and on the internet. Let's be reminded that the Roman Empire and its opposition to the gospel seemed very powerful and overwhelming back in the first century. It just looked like from a human perspective, the church was not going to survive. The church did not have political power, nor did it have tons of money, etc. It faced extreme persecution and devious false teachers. Yet, where is the Roman Empire with all its power today? Long gone. The very Caesars that stood opposed to the truth, well, they're forgotten by the average person today. Outside of people that study the book of Acts, who today even has ever heard about King Agrippa and Felix and Festus and Bernice and Drusilla, you know, nobody's heard about those people. Those who sought to corrupt or derail God's people, like the angels that sinned, are currently under punishment for the day of judgment, Second Peter 2, 4 and 9. The media and the entertainment industry of that day and age, gone, devoid of any power, yet the church is still here. In fact, there are more congregations in more places that exist today than 2,000 years ago. In like manner, it may appear that the wolves are devouring the sheep today, 
But just like two centuries ago, when things look similar, 100, 500, or 1,000 years from now, all the voices that spoke out against the truth will have been silenced. People will have long forgotten about them. The church, if the planet is still here, the church will still be here. Hebrews 12, 28. If living in the world is living in the midst of wolves, then we need to value time with the other sheep and stay close to the shepherd. When someone is tempting you to join them in their sin, be honest, realize who they are. Again, when people tell you who they are by their behavior, believe them. They're a wolf. What do wolves do? They devour. They do not nourish and they do not protect. They do not give. They're takers. They're consumers. Jesus then switches to what almost at first notice from the average person's standpoint probably seems like a little bit of a contradiction. Following beshrewed serpents is innocent as doves. Ah, the shrewdness here is not something sinful. It's not manipulation. It's not fighting fire with fire. It's not being oh so clever or a good liar or deceiver. The shrewdness in the verse does not use sinful or worldly tactics, attitudes, or strategies. As Paul noted in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh. They're not carnal. And so we don't have to overstate things or lie or misrepresent people or slander people or use underhanded tricks. Our motives are pure. We only want to serve God and spread his truth. And the only praise that we're seeking is the praise from the true God. We're not trying to please men, Galatians 1.10. We're not trying to tickle ears, live a double life, gain our following, or have our own disciples, Acts 20, verse 30. So we do not misrepresent error. We don't overstate the case. We don't use false or weak arguments, misleading information, or twisted, manipulated, massaged figures or statistics. Don't need that either. We don't need to stretch the truth or use falsehood to advance our position. And we definitely do not shout down our opposition. We want the opposition to talk. We want the opposition to state their case and bring forth that, their best arguments so that it can be exposed with light, with the truth. We're not holding to the truth because it's easier or financially beneficial or caters to our selfishness or makes us look good. We hold to the truth because it's God's truth and we love God. And we never have to trick or falsely lure anyone into becoming a Christian. We have something amazing, and wise men and women understand that. The only lure that we use when fishing for men is the death of Jesus Christ for the sins of the world and his amazing resurrection. So when Jesus said, hey, I want you to be shrewd as serpents, he did not expect his disciples just to go out and become martyrs instantly or to lose, to hazard their lives foolishly. When people attempt to put you on the spot concerning something that the Bible teaches, we need to put them on the spot and insist that they defend their position. Okay, what do you believe and why? It's not just how well a system can attack, it's how well can it defend. It's easy to attack. It's easy to try to run things down. It's easy to try to poke holes in something. When people attack or stand on what the Bible says, concerning what the Bible says is sinful, we need to press them. Okay, prove to me that that practice is good, is morally good. Prove that to me with science, 
with scripture, prove that to me morally. Instead of just telling someone what the Bible says, have them read the section of verses that addresses that subject or question and ask them, so what's the word of God teach on that? And hold unbelievers accountable for their positions and insist on consistency and point out various inconsistencies in their life or argument. And when people claim that there's no absolute truth, insist that they absolutely prove that claim. If someone does not want to follow Jesus, press them for the real reason. And when someone falls away from the faith and is tempted to complain about the church or the elders or the preacher, press them for the real reason for their departure. Verse 17, it says, beware of men, be on guard against. Okay, always on guard, present tense. I don't think this means don't trust anyone, but rather it reminds us of the real world in which we live. All men are not to be trusted alike. See, there's a strong warning here for people who naively believe that the gospel can be made attractive to the world. The apostles, Jesus, Jesus was the best preacher who ever lived, and he was crucified. Do not attempt to win converts by watering down the gospel. People are fickle. The culture is always changing. No human view is ever permanent. Ooh, be very careful about lining up with what's politically correct, with what's trending, with what's in vogue. Be very careful about very jumping on the bandwagon out there of whatever bandwagon thing is going on, because that bandwagon can quickly take a sharp turn. You see, the government never has all the answers or solutions. Do not look to it to solve your spiritual, moral, or personal problems. And beware of following mere human solutions for spiritual problems. Man does not have the answer. God does. Man did not create and design you. God did. God is the professional in this area, the expert. All men following human theories are simply amateurs. And avoid courting human popularity, for the world will often turn on you quickly and devour you. The world enjoys building people up only to enjoy tearing them down. So do not trust human theories. Do not trust human movements. And do not trust the people who are deceiving you or want to water down the gospel telling you this is in your best interest. No, trust God. Well, hopefully that's been helpful. I love the verse. Thank you, Jesus. This has been Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Until next time, see you in the funny papers, my friend.